I've kind of called it the long cold winter. <laughs> you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. I think Cinderella yeah. sung a song, the long cold winter, and uh, it's true. I thought that was Game of Thrones. I was confused. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking Game of Thrones. I'm bringing too. back my '80s. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Cinderella. Um, pretty much a one album wonder. Who's? Oh, that's. I I really thought you were talking about the Disney Prince. No. I was like, like the hair I don't, I don't, I don't remember that, and that, and that. I I know a wish is a dream or something. No. I don't know. And little mice running around. Let it go. Is that it too? That's Frozen. I think. Oh. Okay, but that could be like cryotherapy, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What's up? This is Emily Sultania Fitzgerald, aka Emily Running Down a Dream, and I'm a big ass runner from Kingston, Illinois. Shout out to GK Run Club. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host. Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, thank you, Emily. Stephen, Emily does such a great job on that intro. I know. Her voice sounds so nice. And shout out to her run club. That's awesome. So thank you, Emily, for doing that introduction. Well, I'm Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Pritt. This is the Big Ass Runner Podcast. Stephen, this is episode number double four, 44. Wow. That's like, is there? does that mean anything or... I think it means that it's 44 and <laughs> next time it'll be 45. Can you believe, Jeff, that it hasn't even been a year since we started this podcast? In some regards, it seems like it was just yesterday. And it's so cool to have a 44th episode. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, most podcasts don't make it to even four, Stephen. But we've made it double that. Two fours. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> well, that how the math works, it's double four. Uh, yeah, that's it's crazy. 44. <laughs> Something like that. Well, we have a great episode planned, Stephen. In our first segment, remember a couple of weeks ago we had Dr. G on? Yes. We have another doctor on. How in the world did that happen? It's amazing. Do they actually listen to the podcast? Because I think if they listen to it, they'd probably go, wait a minute. I didn't know what I was getting into. No one really does, Stephen. <laughs> but yes, we have Dr. Lisa on. We're, we'll tease that a little bit. She's very good. She's very wise. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn a lot from her. And in the second episode, you know who's back? Who is it? Scott Gracer. Scott is an all-time great guy, good advice, and I think he's just kind of like a walking wisdom nugget. <laughs> he is a walking <laughs> wisdom nugget. He's going to give us an update. He's been sharing on this podcast from time to time. Big Papa yeah. was his creation and recreation. <laughs> We heard about his infamous 50-mile run, and he's going to give us an update on how his rehab is going. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, when you're running, you don't think about, okay, there's times where you're not going to be running. And just as much as we talk so much about running, I think it's also good, like we talked about mental health, about recovery, and this, how do you actually recover from an injury? So Absolutely. But Stephen, before we get to that, I think you've got a little workout for us, what, what do you what do you have going on over there? Yeah, well, Jeff, you know this is kind of that time of the year where everybody's starting to do some more runs. They're working on their core, maybe getting in shape for swimsuit season and stuff. Oh, swimsuit season! I know. I don't even know what that means, but hey. So what I thought I'd do is I was researching some workouts and stuff, and I actually found one online, but it was a little bit incomplete. And oh. yeah, so I thought, okay, well, they kind of gave you this workout and you just need to fill in a few words. And I thought maybe I could get your help on completing that workout. Oh, yeah. And then we'll just review it together. I complete all kinds of workouts, Stephen. Will you complete all me, Jeff? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. So what I'm going to do, Jeff, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to actually just ask you for some words. And I want you to think more about the podcast. This is our 44th episode, all the things we've talked about in all these 44 episodes. And I just want you to reply real quickly with the word. So first thing that comes to mind, first thing that comes to mind. Okay. You ready to go? Yep. Okay, here we go. All right. I need an adjective from moist. Okay, great. I don't Uh, know why that's the first (laughs) word that comes to my brain. We'll just go ahead and skip it. We'll skip right past that one. All right. A number. 100K. All right. That's right. Because we're going to be doing a 100K race. Um, okay. I need a noun. Uh, Clydesdale, of course. Obviously. Okay. What about a verb ending in ing? What a Clydesdale does fairly often tripping. <laughs> tripping. All right. Perfect. Okay. We're going to go rapid fire. A part of the body. Naval. Okay. A celebrity. John Denver. <laughs> of <Okay>. course. <laughs> all right. An adjective. Harry. All right. I need another noun. Oh, beacon of light. Okay, perfect. All right, I need another body part from you. Let's do coccyx. What's that from? That's from Napoleon Dynamite. Grandma broker coccyx. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Tina. Okay, all right. Uh, I need a plural noun. 
Ooh, comfort station. Okay, perfect. Is I that think, plural? I think it's plural yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah, stations. stations. Yeah, we'll, we'll add an S. We'll do stations. All right, I think that I know the answer. This one's going to be uh, type of food. Ooh, lasagna. <laughs> okay. Uh, adjective? Big ass. Okay, that makes sense. Um, a part of your body. Opposite of the big ass. How about your crotch? <laughs> okay. Remember, I was talking about crouching down, and I realized it's, yeah, crouch. Oh, that's right. Crouch, you were crouching down. Right, Not yeah. crouching down. Exactly. All right, pearl nouns. Let's go with the ultras. Okay, like the running shoes? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, okay, another animal? Ooh, cougars. Okay, we're talking about not the people version. No, not the people version. All right, another part of the body? We're going to hear from Scott later. He's going to talk about his kneecap. Let's go with kneecap. All right, or the pentella? Oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's your kneecap. That's the comedy duo. Oh, I thought it was the stuff that you spread on. Penn and Teller. Oh, is yeah. that what you said? Oh, I thought it was the stuff you get. It's like that chocolate hazelnut stuff and oh. you, you dip it in. No, not Nutella. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, adjective. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> All right, a verb. Flutter. Okay. All right, I need another body part. I've been doing a lot of track running and my Achilles hurts. Let's go with Achilles. Okay. All right. I think I know the answer to this one since we're on the big ass runner theme. A place, Latvia, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. All right, type of food. How about the big papa? Big papa, I love it. All right, a color. I think this is a color. Pumpkin spice orange, <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, great. And then the last one is we need one more body part. Since I said big ass already, I'm going to go with gluteus minimus. What do you think about that? I like it. You've got Pantella, gluteus minimus. <laughs> Pin and teller. Uh, Pin and teller. I think awesome. uh, Dr. Lisa might have some competition here. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeff, listen, that was super helpful. And so now this workout plan is complete. So I know you've been doing a lot of heart rate training on the track. So this is just a workout for you, Jeff, that you can kind of take to heart if you want Okay. for our listeners as well. And yeah, kind of help you get ready for the summer trail race. For those bikinis and, and uh, <laughs> what would you say earlier? Swimsuit um, weather? Swimsuit season. Swimsuit season. All right. Well, Jeff, here is the workout. Looking for a no-nonsense workout for those days when you're too moist to get to the gym? We've got you covered. First warm up with 100K minutes of cardio, burpees, Clydesdale climbers, and tripping over jacks will get your navel pumping. Then move on to one of those targeted workouts. For instance, the arms. Whether you want to get jacked like John Denver or simply look hairy in that sleeveless dress for the summer, beacon of light training is the key. For cut arms, try a superset of push-ups and dips. To complete a push-up, start with a locked-out position and lower your cacoxia to the floor. <laughs> if that's too difficult, keep in mind your comfort station to the floor can help as well. Either way, you're going to feel that burn. Legs are another really important part. Muscular thighs and lasagna-shaped buns are totally in right now. For big-ass results, add squats and lunges to your daily routine. When squatting, make sure your crotch gets below your knees for a full range of motion. To amp up your workout, Jeff, you might want to add some weights both to those movements. So hold a pair of ultras or grab a family of cougars, then squat and lunge your little kneecaps off. Last but not least, abs. We all know that they're the unicorn of the fitness world. So the fantastic truth is that all of the crunches you can do in flutter-ups and the Achilles heel raises you'll want, but ultimately abs are made in Latvia. So put that double portion of big papa pickles away and reach for a nice pumpkin spice orange salad instead your gluteus minimus will thank you and your taste buds won't bother steven that is fantastic yeah. workout is that not the greatest workout ever you know what your abs are made in lafia they are if there's a truth yeah if there's one single truth that we've all learned from that i really am hoping to have a lasagna size buns for this summer and I got to put the work in to get the Lafia. You got to put the work in. I want to be Jack like John Denver, quite honestly. <laughs> yes, I'm. I don't, you're trying to remember, remember a picture of John Denver. I don't remember him jacked, but you oh, know. he was so jacked. Yeah, I think he had all the altitude training. From <laughs> oh, wait a minute, singing in the mountains. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, all right. Well, this episode's pretty special. We've got some stuff with real experts talking about real workouts. So hopefully that was great. A little Mad Libs workout edition of the Big Ass Run. Oh, Mad Libs. That's what that was. I know. Like you and your kids when you're on the car trips. You know? I love that game. Yeah. 
Well, Stephen, with that, let's get going on episode number double four forty four of the Big Ass Runner. Stephen, we have, I would say, the most talented listeners. You know, two weeks ago, we had Dr. G on, and this week, we have another doctor. What? Two doctors in a row? Two doctors in a row. We have Dr. Lisa Mitro. She is a physical therapist, and she's going to help us. You know, we're running the 100K. Right. And I think my biggest concern is probably getting injured Mm -hmm. while training, and so we're going to talk to her about a lot of things, including that. So now on the Big Ass Runner Hotline, we have Lisa. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. Yeah, we were really excited when we met you because, you know, we like free advice from people that are really, really talented. (laughs) And before we get to get going into some of our questions, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Tell us where you're from, you know, where you're living. I think you've got some golden retrievers. We'd love to hear about that, too. Yeah, so I'm in Richmond, Virginia. I have one golden retriever. He's almost two. His name is Griffin, and I named him after a roller coaster. So it's going well. (laughs) Now we have to ask, what roller coaster? Is that like at a local place? or? Yeah, so Busch Gardens in Williamsburg is about an hour away, and my favorite ride there is the Griffin. And he's definitely like a roller coaster, you know, lots of ups and downs. (laughs) Is that the one that goes into the water? Like it goes through the tunnel in the water? No, that's another one. It does go through, it goes under a bridge. But the big point is that you climb to the top and you hang for about three seconds looking down, thinking you're going to die. And then you go really fast. That's not like, I was going to say, that's a lot like my trail runs until you said it goes really fast. And then I went, no, that's not like any of my trail runs. More around, you think you're going to die, right? The, the die part for sure. Yeah. So it's funny you said that you like free advice because who doesn't? But the big thing is you should like good, free good advice because there's a lot of bad advice out there. Just go to Facebook, go to Google, which is kind of why I started my blog to give runners good advice that wasn't off of Facebook group or typing in low back pain into Google. We all know you have sciatica, even though you probably don't. I just got so fed up with reading people's comments on these Facebook groups, like runners Facebook groups, and people would be like, my knee hurts right here. What's wrong? And everyone would be like, go get an MRI. You know, you tore your ACL. And I'm like, no, this is why doctors are putting the brakes on how long it takes to actually get an MRI and usually you have to go to physical therapy first unless it's traumatic but I really just got kind of aggravated with reading people's comments and I was like this is horrible advice this is actually horrible so I can actually help people especially runners and use my expertise so they don't have to run with pain or they can easily fix it before it gets worse that's kind of how I started my blog, really out of my passion for helping people, especially runners, because I know how long they take to train for these marathons and these races and these ultras. And I remember I treated one runner and when I was working in D.C. in a sports medicine clinic, and I was a new grad, so you're basically like a student still. And she was like, okay, well, I have to run a marathon in a week, and I have this knee pain. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Okay. This is it. This is why I went to school. Like I cannot let her down. She's been training for months. So like any new grad would do, I went to the research, went to my mentors, wrote down an entire plan for her, like I swear minute by minute, what to do and taped her knee and everything. And she ended up being able to run the marathon. And I was like, wow, that was so cool. It was like, it was a cool experience. And that's kind of when I got into treating runners and my passion for treating runners because I feel for them. I mean, I'm a runner myself, so I definitely feel for them when they're injured. One question I have, Lisa, as I mentioned, we're, we just announced a couple of weeks ago, we're running our first hundred K. We've done some 50 Ks, but this will be the longest that we've run. Now we have till February, which is great. And I want to train the right way. So I've started heart rate training and, you know, doing slower pace, longer miles, 
but I'm concerned just at overuse because I'm putting on a lot more miles than I have been. So I guess my first question is around what what are the most common injuries you see from runners and, and is overuse kind of a source of that? Yeah, definitely. I rarely see, especially just runners, I rarely see injuries that are traumatic unless it's like soccer where there's a lot of cutting or basketball. Most of the injuries runners have are from overtraining or compensating. And when the body is okay to compensate, that's very normal. We wish it was symmetrical, but it's really not that symmetrical. But the body's going to compensate. But if it compensates too quickly to the point where the force through the muscles or through the joints can't keep up with, you know, the increase in mileage, then it's going to break down and it's going to cause injury when it breaks down. So one of the main injuries I see is runner's knee. And this is actually an umbrella term. So it's an umbrella term for chondromalacia and patellofemoral pain syndrome. No one really talks about chondromalacia. We don't really see it. It's more of a, it just means that there's degeneration between the patella and the femur. So usually it's in older runners or more experienced runners. So don't really see that a ton. But patellofemoral pain syndrome is super common. It basically happens when you're overtraining and the quad is tight, the quadricep muscles tight, the hip flexors tight. It's pulling on that quadriceps tendon that attaches to the patella and it changes the biomechanics of the patella. So you're going to have pain when you bend your knee. You're going to have pain going up and down stairs while running and definitely after running. So usually the pain is right around the patella or the kneecap and the patella is usually a little unstable because the quadricep is not working like it should. One of the main roles of the quadricep is to stabilize the kneecap. So when it's not working that well, the patella is going to be moving a little bit more. So one thing I like to do is definitely tape the knee. There's, you know, you can literally YouTube which is a little scary, but you can YouTube kinesio tape for patellofemoral pain syndrome. And that's actually how I learned to tape a lot of joints because you just don't learn that in school, but it's not difficult. And the whole reason I tape the knee is it stabilizes the patella and that can kind of tell you, okay, is the pain gone when you're running? And if it's gone, then that can kind of guide you to, okay, then we need to stabilize the patella. We need to work on the motor control of the quadriceps and get that firing a little bit better. It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means the motor control is off, which just means that there's a little bit of a disconnect between the brain and the muscle. So that's a huge injury I see all the time. Um, But it's an easy fix when it comes on. You have to get it while it's early, but it's an easy fix when it comes on. Hey, Lisa, I have a follow-up question off that. So yeah, you kind of said where I was going to head was if you can catch it in time, it seems like a lot of things, it's that kind of balance between injury prevention and injury treatment. So I'm just curious from your professional opinion, maybe even just with that common injury, how does one kind of know like what's a push through or this is a warning? How would you kind of assess that? I'm sure it's different for everybody, but is it one of those things where you kind of can test it out or is there kind of like some warning signs? Like what's your thought on that? So yeah, there's definitely going to be some warning signs. Usually when people come into therapy though, they've waited until it's gotten extremely worse because that's how people are, especially runners. We're stubborn. What can we say? But the biggest thing I would say is If you're confused, okay, is my quadriceps sore or am I actually in pain? One thing, is the pain or the achiness or the feeling coming on while you're running or is it right after you're running or two or three days later? Because if it's two to three days later, that's probably soreness. It's called delayed onset muscle soreness or DOM. So that usually comes on 48 to 72 hours right after a workout and it's very normal when you push yourself. But if you're in pain, like actual pain, then it's like I said, it's going to be while you're doing the activity, it's going to hurt worse with movement. So like bending your knee versus if your quadriceps sore, you might find that stretching feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then if it's, if there's inflammation there, then movement's not going to feel great at all. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's one of those things you're right. I think runners are inherently stubborn and <laughs> they want to push through oh, yeah. things. They want to go the extra mile. So it's trying to find that balance between what's pushing that, like you said, your body can handle versus, you know, starting to reach over into like too much running or you're going to start, you know, heading into injury versus prevention. Yeah. I remember I told a runner once not to run and I was 
he shot me with his eyes. That's for sure. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me rephrase this. Just take a couple weeks off. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely stubborn. <laughs> Elisa, you've thrown out a lot of terms. I can't spell. I, I know. Sorry. I can't spell any of them. <laughs> I tried. I sat there. I sat here for a while and tried to spell some of them. I'm assuming you probably can. The big ass runners can't. That's okay. <laughs> that but is okay. I can. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned though that there's a fix, and I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that. And is the fix more prevention, like understanding why it's happening and doing things like hip mobility and stretching your quads and things like that? What would the fix be? Oh yeah, if it was me. If I had pain around my knee while running, I would definitely, definitely stretch my quadriceps. You can do the standard quadriceps stretch where you just pull your foot to your butt, make sure that your pelvis is tucked so you get that hip flexor stretch too versus just like arching your back. So definitely stretch the quadriceps and definitely strengthen the quadriceps and strengthen the hips. The hips play a huge role in how the kneecap is stabilized especially when you're running. So the biggest bang for your buck muscle in physical therapy, I would say for runners is strengthening your gluteus media. So I don't know if you've heard of like clamshells, but there's definitely more exercises you can do than clamshells to strengthen, but it's a good start. Another exercise I would definitely, definitely do are just called quad sets. So you're sitting on the floor, your legs are straight out. So your knees are straight. You're pushing your knee straight down into the floor. So pushing your knee as straight as you can, and you're contracting the quadricep muscle. So pushing that knee straight down, activating the quadricep muscle, and you're going to hold that contraction for 10 seconds, and you'll do it 10 times. Got it. Now, you can do this exercise as many times as you want because this is not necessarily strengthening. It's more motor control. So being able to fire that muscle when you tell your brain you want to fire that muscle and it takes the brain over 10,000 reps to be able to understand how to turn on a muscle for muscle memory. So just do this exercise as much as you can, basically. And I think you'll find that there's a big difference in how your knee's feeling. And you said knees, and you also said hips. So is there some simple hip-type exercises that help with hip flexibility as well? Yeah. So usually I would focus more on the hip strength than the mobility. So if any muscle is really tight, like repetitively tight, especially with runners, I experienced this where both my hips just felt super tight while I was running. It usually means that they need to be strengthened because they're not able to obtain the forces that you put them through and they exhaust themselves and they tighten up. So one thing you can do are clamshells. That's a very good, simple exercise. So you don't have to have a resistance band, but if you do, it helps. And you'll lay on your side on the ground. You'll bend your knees so they're at a right angle. And if you have a resistance band, you can put them above your knees. And you basically just lift that top knee up while keeping your feet together. And you'll feel a burn on the side of your hip. And that's when you know you're doing it right. (laughs) And you'll do 30 reps each side. Yeah, I would definitely recommend everybody follow Lisa on Instagram, because I think, Lisa, you post a lot of these kinds of exercises on your Instagram. Is that right? Yes, I do. And I always take comments or any topic that you want me to talk about. So definitely just at Running with Goldens on Instagram. But I post a ton of hip and quad and ankle flexibility, really everything for runners. So definitely follow me on there. And then you get to see Griffin. You get to see Griffin. Yeah, I've taken uh, two things away, Stephen. One is I need to stretch more. I need to stretch my my hamstrings and my quads. And my hips are weak. I just thought they were inflexible, but now I'm realizing they're actually weak. They need to be strengthened. They need to be strengthened big time. Yeah. They need to be strengthened. Definitely. I mean, definitely stretch. Most runners don't really stretch after they run, but that's okay, I guess. <laughs> As we said, we're about to embark, and I've just started my training. I think Stephen's about to start his. If you had any advice for us as we enter this 100K training for the next, gosh, nine, nine, 10 months, what advice would you have for us? Pray. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, well, we're doing that, believe it me. Wouldn't hurt. <laughs> so, certain things I would look at if I, you know, saw your Apple Watch or Garmin or Fitness Watch. 
you said you're looking at your heart rate, which is great. Um, look at your cadence. So your cadence is your steps per minute. So it's actually kind of crazy. My brother is also a PT, and he told me, I remember he told me this fact one time, and I was like, what? It's kind of crazy. But so your cadence is your steps per minute. If you have a good cadence, and I'll tell you what good is in a second, but if you have a good cadence, you can decrease your risk of injury by 70%, which is huge. That's huge. So if you have a higher cadence, you have quicker strides and they're shorter. So you're less likely to put more force. Say if you're a heel striker, you're putting less force through your heel that goes up to your knee, up to your hip, up to your back and so on. So one way to do this, look at your cadence. Take that number and average it over the past month. So don't just take one run. You're going to multiply that number by 1.05. And that's going to be your new goal number over the next month. So focus on trying to hit that cadence throughout the next month. And it's kind of similar to training. You don't want to increase it by more than 10% each week, but I don't really recommend that at all for cadence. It's going to be pretty, it's going to be more challenging than increasing your mileage. So once you increase your cadence, then you would restart that process again once you've hit your goal cadence. Our friend Timmy Time gives me a really hard time because I'm six four, but I take little bitty steps. <laughs> He's always giving me a hard time. I feel better about that all of a sudden. <laughs> How small? Um, <laughs> well, that's a good question. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess that's all relative. I take a lot of I my I think my cadence is pretty high relative to to most people. So a good cadence is around. I think elite athletes have one eighty. That's a very general number though because i'm five three so i don't know if i'll ever hit 180 but it's a good goal but i would look into like your height and a good goal cadence for your height then okay awesome you know it's funny i was actually just looking at that the other day because we run on with garments we don't run on garments but we run with them and it's one of those <laughs> things you get to scroll down a little further to see the cadence you know and i know that some heart rate monitors will even measure the left and the right foot and you know especially when trail running with the stability of things but i think that's a really good useful tool to understand that because it's it is data that's there for you you know that most of these watches and you know sports you know smart watches do so that's really awesome to kind of learn that how to do that how, how would you recommend somebody to speed up or to slow down is that just lengthening your stride or is that something where it's kind of just more like a, a movement thing where you're relaxing your arm flows and lowering your arms or how would you recommend somebody to work on increasing their cadence? So I would tell them shorten your stride. So one way to do this is definitely through strength training too. I remember when I was injured training for my first half marathon, I was a huge heel striker and I got injured, injured my knee, couldn't race. And I rehabbed myself and I strengthened my hamstrings. And now I'm less of a heel striker and my cadence increase. So it does go hand in hand with strength training, definitely the posterior chain. So when I say posterior chain, I mean hamstrings and glutes. So deadlifts are a good one. You don't have to do heavy weight at all. Our Romanian deadlifts are another good one. Bridges are another good one. So definitely incorporating posterior chain exercises to increase your cadence. Another way you can do it, I know Spotify has it, but you can do like these tempo runs to a certain cadence and that will help you know it's going to be a faster beat but trying to stay on that beat for a shorter amount of time just to practice because it's just training you're just practicing trying to get that beat versus doing like a longer run on that beat so maybe for a mile you practice that beat and focusing on it and then you increase it to two miles so I wouldn't try to go out there and run five miles on a certain beat that makes sense. And maybe not listen to classical music while you're running. So something, something a little bit more. <laughs> <Or country. laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to run backwards for country music, I think, to kind of make it feel good or something like that. So, Ouch, Steven. <laughs> Steven's hating on the country music. I feel like I need to defend it. As long as it's not John Denver, we're Does, okay. See, I knew you were going to go there. I knew he was going there. She's in Virginia. He sings about West Virginia all the time. Well, yeah. It's close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, this is great, Lisa. I'm, I'm jotting down a lot of notes because I think my biggest concern in doing this 100K is not necessarily the distance. It's really more the training and, and overuse and, get, and getting injured. So I'm, I'm making lots of notes. Any other advice for us? Yeah. So another big tip for injury prevention is your breathing. And there's, I feel like people don't talk about this a lot. They'll just say, I have side stitches. And then they're like, oh, well, that sucks. And there's nothing more to it. But there is a huge aspect to breathing. So if you get your breathing down, you'll decrease your cramps, your side stitches, your muscles will get more blood flow, and more oxygen. So you'll be able to truck through for longer. So one way you can do this, so one way to incorporate your breathing so it decreases your risk for injury is to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And I'm not saying like, close your mouth to breathe into your nose, but just trying to work on that breathing. Um, so a lot of people teach belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing. So that means that when you're running, you're not like shrugging your shoulders to breathe huffing and puffing. Uh, one way to see if you're doing this is lay on your back, put your hand on your belly and one hand on your chest. You should only feel your belly rise and fall and you should not have any movement in your chest. If you do, then you're using accessory muscles, and that's just not the best way for you to be breathing. Um, but the biggest aspect of breathing is rhythmic breathing. So when you inhale, anytime you inhale and you expand your lungs, the body is most stable. And when you exhale, it's not as stable. So there's been a ton of research showing that people who have this pattern where they inhale so you inhale every time you step with the left foot, exhale every time with the right, you're more likely to have an injury on the right side, which is super interesting. So one thing that people teach is um, you can call it a three-step or a five-step running pattern. Pattern. You're going to inhale for left foot, right foot, exhale for left foot, and then you'll repeat that. So you're alternating when you exhale and what foot you're landing on when you exhale. And that is huge with injury prevention too. Kind of crazy how that works. I wish you could see the us in the podcasting studio right now, Lisa. We're all like touching our stomachs and breathing, and we're like pointing at each other. And which foot do I land? I just, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty humorous. It, it looks more like the whole you know rub your tummy and pat your head exercise. So and we've I, all failed. I, I, think, I think we'll need a little bit of work on that. Is is that Lisa because your yeah. your chest cavity is filling up, and then that way it's at capacity, therefore creating a a better center of gravity? Or what's the science behind that? Yeah, so when you inhale, your lungs are expanding and your core muscles are contracting. When you exhale, they're just not as strong. So it is interesting. In terms of the belly breathing, though, most people do breathe with their belly. But if you, like, carry a lot of stress in your shoulders or you run with your shoulders up to your ears, I would be, like, focus on the belly breathing, relax your shoulders. And then the rhythmic breathing is kind of just like the pattern of the inhale and exhale, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. Well, you, again, you should have seen us. We're putting our <laughs> shoulders up to our ears. Like, do I do that? Yeah. I think everyone's probably doing that as they listen to this. Well, this has been really, really helpful. Uh, any final advice for us before uh, we let you go? Just keep going. If you have a mental block, switch things up. Try different playlists. And just try to, you know, think about different things because that's a long time you're running. So I know it mentally could be exhausting too. So you probably want to, it wouldn't hurt to have like different, you know, things that you're thinking of each 30 minutes or so just to keep you entertained mentally because I know it can be hard to keep running and keep focusing. So I've got stretch more, especially my quads. I've got strengthen. Yeah, I don't think about. I think more about my hamstrings than I do my quads, quite honestly, because I know my hamstrings are tight. So I'm going to work more on the quads as well. You talk about strengthening the. I think you said gluteus nudius. Was that what you said? <laughs> gluteus. <laughs> Sorry, it's gluteus medius. So oh, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> so it's like the middle glute because there's a minimus and a maximus. So gluteus medius. And a lot of people have pain here right on the side of their hips. Um, on my Instagram, I can 
it, I show you how to use a lacrosse ball to that part. And Griffin's like trying to fight the ball, really mad at me. But uh, it's a good one to do. And then adding in those clam shells as well to strengthen that muscle. And then breathing. I think you pointed out that a lot of people don't even think about that one as one to help prevent injury. So that was very enlightening. There's a lot of things, you know, that people don't really mention. And it's kind of like, this is, this could be gold. This could tell you if you're going to be in the race or not. So I think it's huge. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lisa. Those are all really helpful things. Hey, in terms of people who want to look at Instagram and kind of find out more about you and get some of these tips in your blog, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out and find you either on Instagram or on the internet? Yeah. So my Instagram is running with golden and my blog is running with com. <laughs> and feel free to DM me. Feel free to ask me any questions. If you need me to repeat something, anything like that, because I'll answer them all. I'm all about helping people and making sure that they stay injury free or can get out of that pain as quickly as possible. That's awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. And one thing I think we really appreciate, I'm sure our listeners will too, is not only your professionalism and your knowledge, but your willingness to really help people and specifically runners to not just run, but to run and have less injuries to think about things to help them to run further and longer. I know part of your story, like you were sharing about, you know, running your half marathon and having to be sidelined, but yet having that same passion and energy to, to help people learn how to, how to recover quickly, but in the right way. It's one thing just to recover, but it's another thing to recover with patience so you can actually enjoy the things you like to do, like running and all the other activities. So we really appreciate your focus on that and your sincerity to really help runners out there. So thank you so much for taking some time and spending that with us and, and our listeners. Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. You know I dream in color Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. I think today we may have a fellow Clydesdale. Yes, Jeff, we actually have a fellow Clydesdale and one of what I would consider one of the original OG OG Clydesdales, OG Clydesdale and original our shout out and kudos goes to the wonderful Andy Allen. I don't know if you guys remember him earlier on. He actually was on the podcast talking about his why. And Andy just recently got the opportunity, Jeff, to run his first 50K trail race. I'm so proud, Stephen. Yeah. I shed a tear. I was so proud. <laughs> I, this was like his first experience doing an ultra race, and I think we got him hooked on it. So congratulations, sincerely, Andy. You're an amazing guy. We love hearing from you. If you want to follow Andy, he's the.andy.allen on Instagram. He's a great contributor to all of our content, just a fantastic guy. And we want to say congratulations, Andy, on your fire break 50K. You know why he's the.andy.allen, Stephen? Because there's none other. Exactly. <laughs> the one and only, baby. He's the old school gangster. He is. All right. Way to go, Andy. Well, Stephen, we are very excited because we have the great Scott Gracer back on the show. If you remember, Scott was on episode number 13 talking about the infamous Papa Pickle. Yes. He was also on episode number 12 talking about his heroic 50-mile journey. And some of you guys might know him as Scott Alina from that yes. episode. Oh, let's drop that one, So if you, uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, Infamous. I would highly encourage you to, to hear about his alter ego. Yes, Scott Alina. <laughs> and then he came back on, I can pick up, can I? on episode 30 talking about probably one of the hardest runs he's ever done, which was actually a Spartan Beast in the... 18 inches of mud. Mm. So go back and listen to episode 30 as well. But Scott's back because we just talked to Dr. Lisa and she was talking about injury prevention. But unfortunately, Scott, this news comes a little bit too late. Boy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, about nine months too late. <laughs> Scott has had an injury and is currently going under rehab. And so we wanted to chat with him a little bit about that. So Scott, tell us what happened. Yeah. So like Dr. Lisa 
kind of walked us through and she said, you know, there's this injury and I forget what she calls it, some medical terminology, but where the patella is rubbing on the femur. Oh, yes. And that's, uh, that's exactly what I had going on. So Dr. Lisa, thank you for that late advice. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Um, but no, seriously, I uh, was a runner that didn't quit and kept running through it and probably ran too long. And so ended up having surgery instead of just taping it with the patella tape. That would have been so much easier. And uh, so the doctor drilled into my hip, grabbed some stem cell, drilled into my patella and put it in there and released uh, the side of my patella because, like she mentioned, the quadricep was pulling incorrectly to the patella and was causing that rubbing to occur. So mm. what's really interesting is this new technology of the stem cell research that's going on in the United States right now. Uh, I actually have a piece of me, if you will, in Boston, Massachusetts. Whoa. Yep, yep, I didn't yep. know you live in Boston. Yep. I am in a Petri dish. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, all my DNA and everything <laughs> sitting in a Petri dish growing right now for the next three years in case they need to stamp the back of my patella with it if this doesn't take care of it. Really? I, hope they, I hope they filed it properly. I hope they did too. I, really <laughs> I hope, I hope good, it's not under Scott Alina. <laughs> right. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Right. It's or not, if, you, yeah. if it was Big Poppy, you know. that Big Poppy. That could be like. That's the, a good name. The, yeah. The baseball player from uh, Boston. <laughs> right, so Boston the big, right. big Poppy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, you and Scott, you had quite a an interesting um, diagnosis too, because they they kind of found one thing and thought it was something yep. else, and then you just like had all kinds of things. Yeah, that they so they discovered. Yeah, it's really kind of fun. I went and got the MRI done from the doctor's request. He looked at it, and then he noticed there was some sort of a a nodule, I guess, in the back of my knee. Mm -hmm. And so he sent me over to get a, a CAT scan on it, and it ends up being, which is still there, like a small growth. He calls it a tumor, but a benign one. Right. So that is still there. I opted to say the heck with that. It hasn't been bothering me. Right. So I went ahead and got the patella done because I really want to get back on the trail. So yeah, he just took care of the patella. He ended up finding a stress fracture of the patella when he was in there and uh, some cleanup of past injury that I'd done because I've been a soccer player, a runner, tennis player, football a little bit here and there. So yeah, it's uh. Just, you know, the left leg has taken a beating, boys. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. That's amazing that they were able to find all that stuff. But I'm happy for you that at least that they got everything or hopefully everything. And they had a good uh, understanding of what was going on underneath there. So hopefully. Yeah. He said that uh, right now, I guess I am. How far am I now? I guess eight weeks into my recovery. Mm -hmm. So I got about another five to six weeks left. Yeah. I'm just now starting to get the atrophied muscle back, which is a quadricep. It is amazing how quickly that goes. Mm -hmm. In about two weeks, you look like you're a four-year-old on the left side <laughs> and an adult on the right. It's crazy. Don't I know it. Goodness. I, I think I look that way all the time with my, with my quads. So. Yeah, Dr. Lisa, when she was talking about the strengthening of your quadricep with your straight leg and pushing your knee down, that's one major thing we do in therapy. Mm -hmm. So to strengthen that, that muscle around that patella and pull it correctly. So she's right on the money. Wow. So Scott, what's been the most difficult part about, because you're a very active guy and you ran a lot with us, but you hadn't been able to lately. What's yeah. been the hardest part of being injured and now going through rehab? Yeah, I think the hardest part, again, I think we mentioned it uh, a little back. Well, I don't know how long ago that was. But anyway, just the loneliness of not being able to do what you love to do. So I've kind of called it the long, cold winter. <laughs> you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. I think Cinderella yeah. sung a song, the long, cold winter, and uh, it's true. I thought that was Game of Thrones. I was confused. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking Game of Thrones I'm bringing too. back my 80s. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cinderella. Um, pretty much a one album wonder. Who's oh that's I I really thought you were talking about the Disney Prince. No. I was like the hair I don't, I don't, I don't remember that, that, that. I I know a wish is a dream or something. No. I don't know. And little mice running around. Let it go. Is that right too? That's Frozen. I think. Oh okay. But that could be like cryotherapy. Maybe Damn I don't know. <laughs> anyway, if uh, Timmy Tom was here, he'd sing it. We could get him to sing it. We could get him to sing it. Yeah. So anyway, it's just been difficult. You know, I'm just now getting the strength back. I'm going up the stairs. I'm going down the stairs without limping. Mm -hmm. um, so starting to get that quad back. It feels good. I can feel it starting to fire. So, and the doc says everything looks great. The patella is in the right place. Yeah. It's not rubbing anymore. The tendon is no longer swollen. So yeah, we're doing good. And what does that look like, Scott? I mean, do you go to a physical therapy like once or twice a day? Is it working out at home or just walking? Or describe a little bit of like what physical therapy has been like for the last couple. I love physical therapy. Absolutely uh -huh. love it. I really do. I love the workout. I love the, the stressing of the muscle. Insurance has run out right now. So I'm. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So right now I'm kind of in limbo. I'm waiting to see if they'll grant me another 10 days of physical therapy. Right. Because my 20 days has run out. Oh. 
So just kind of waiting for that. But right now, yeah, I'm just doing the exercises that they give you. I have a band. You put it in a door. Mm -hmm. You work on that. You work your hip flexors, the little clam thing she was talking about, all that kind of stuff. I'm working to strengthen the whole leg. So, yeah, just have to be diligent in doing that. It's hard if you don't go to therapy. Right. You come home and you have other (laughs) things going on. Right. You don't strap the band on. Yeah. You end up forgetting about it. So, yeah, I just want to run. I actually, I don't know, I took a bike ride with my son the other day and that was a no-no because I pulled up on the bike pedal and jumped a, a curb. You tried to pop a curb? I tried to pop a Uh-oh. curb, yeah. And you yeah. popped something else. It popped in my knee <laughs> instead of the curb. So I told my therapist that and he was not happy with me. He's like, like all this hard yeah, work we've been, we've been building up yeah. towards. And you you're idiot. <laughs> yeah, so he was really nice and slapped me a couple times and said, don't do it again. <laughs> But uh, it's hard to be patient, boys. It's hard to be patient. Yeah. No, I can only imagine the fact that you've got to be patient to get that all together and just to slowly but surely build and strengthen back and to kind of wait. So is like walking okay? Like, do they say, hey, go walk a little bit, you know, each day or? Not just a minimal amount of walking, not on concrete right now. Okay. So I walk a lot, obviously, in work, back and forth desk or whatever else. But right now, just a lot of the flexors kind of deal, flexing your muscle, Working with the band, small muscles, not big muscles at this point, muscles mm. around the knee. Right. So to make sure you get the right pathway for that patella to flow. Um, so yeah, that's kind of working that and then work up to the larger muscles, which will naturally start to increase the more you feel comfortable with your knee. Right. So yeah, so no no running until probably mid-June, end of June. I'll start some light running, hopefully. Yeah. And then they'll just be on a surface that's flat like a track, something a little padded. Yeah. And then work my way from there. You know, we had Dr. G on a couple episodes ago, and he talked a lot about how movement is medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Scott, I don't know, from a physical standpoint, you can obviously understand getting injured and rehabbing and all that. From a mental standpoint, what kind of toll is that taken? That's a great question. I think when you're not doing what you love to do, it's difficult. You have to put your mind onto something else. So I mean, right now I'm able to lift weights. I'm able to do that. So that's good. I'm able to stay active. I went through a time where you just felt like you weren't able to do much, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it's not, I wouldn't call it a depression by any means, but it's just something that you got to get your mind around that you are going to one day step back out on that trail. And like Dr. G talked about, like stay in the water where you are, take care, yeah, yeah. take care of where you are, take care of what you need to do. And all in all, in the whole time continuum, Mm -hmm. it's a small amount of time, right? (laughs) It's just a small knee rehab. There's a lot worse out there. Right. And so get perspective and understand it and uh, and know that you're not young. That's one thing I keep on getting reminded, not only by the <laughs> therapist and the doctor and everything else, is that, hey, man, you're not as young as you used to be. So things take longer to heal. And that's something that's just uh, it's hard for me to accept. I just feel like I should be healing faster. Right. But I just have to be patient and it's okay. Yeah. yeah. So right now I'm in a good spot. You know, the sun's out again. We got spring coming. We got yeah. summer around the corner. It's raining a lot. So all the trails are closed. So ha ha ha. You can't <laughs> run on. That's so, true. <laughs> so God's answering my prayers. Right. <laughs> no, I think it's important. I always struggle with that too. Is, you know, like I'm, I'm not in high school. I'm not running cross country, you know, and when they call me like Mr. Pritt or sir, you know, you're like, oh, yep, I'm not young anymore. Has that been part of the um, the things you were talking about, just looking at the the big picture and stuff? Is that been helping you to stay consistent, you know, because Scott, you, you've got a family, you're busy in a lot of different areas. You own your own business. I mean, you've got a lot going on just in general, but then you've got to deal with this injury and then add on to that. I mean, how are you staying consistent with all of that? Yeah. just have to actually put it on a calendar, mm-hmm. you know, early mornings, make sure something's done before you end up doing something else. So if, uh, if I have plans for that evening or whatever it might be to just get it out of the way mm-hmm. and get done with it immediately, uh, I do a lot of actually flexing and stuff like that at the office while sitting in my chair. Oh, that's good. There's idea. a lot of stuff you can do. Uh-huh. Yeah. There, you know, as you're, I have a stand up desk also, so you can stand up and I can do my leg lifts I need to do and, and all those kind of things that you do in therapy. I can do it right there while I'm working. Yeah. So throughout the day, I'm able to do those kind of things. So yeah. And it feels good once it starts firing and starts feeling like a knee again and your leg again, mm-hmm. you start feeling that momentum and that even gets you more excited, right? Because you're getting closer right. to the point where you can stop not worrying about it. Right. Yeah. Will there be like a brace in your future where when you start walking more running, will there be like a brace to keep it stable? Or is that something that once you're done, then it's just your muscles are the ones that are just built up and kind of. That's a great question. No, I think there'll be a brace right now. I have a brace on just a one to keep it 
from swelling, mm -hmm. you know, and to kind of keep it immobile a little bit of the patella so it stays in one spot. So I've got a brace on that does that right now. Um, but yeah, I think obviously as I rehab more and as I rehab through running mm -hmm. in the next phase, yeah, most definitely tape brace. Right. <laughs> I don't want to go through this again. Right. You know, I don't want that feeling to happen again. So yeah, I'm going to be overprotective of it. Right. I just don't want to run out of balance. That's something she mentioned too, mm -hmm. which is so true. Cause on my 50 mile, I started running out of balance because smaller muscles were starting to deteriorate. They weren't making the long load. Right. And so you could feel yourself start to run out of balance on long distance. And that's, you know, I favor my right, which means I land on my left a lot as my jumping leg because I'm right-handed. Mm -hmm. So my left leg's always taking the beating over my right. Yeah. So that's what I usually try to do is favor my right side. And I land on my left and I don't know what I do on the breathing side. I couldn't even breathe if she was talking. <laughs> I'm trying to we figure that out. I'm like, dude, that's way too much to think about when yeah. you're running. But no, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I do breathe out on my left side. I have no idea. I think that was really good advice she gave about mixing things up and doing things different. And like mm -hmm. you said, just re you know, realizing that balance. I remember when I used to run track and cross country, our coaches would make us run the opposite direction. Usually, you know, you run clockwise, but every other month we would run the opposite direction on the track. So you wouldn't start favoring one side because you, you tend to lean and you mm -hmm. tend to just start to, you, you actually have one side of your leg that gets weaker and one gets stronger. And you would think, oh, it's just track. But like you, over a consistent amount of time, you switch it up and you go the opposite direction. So you're even balanced. So when you're running those longer races, you're not just stuck to one direction. So I think it's amazing, like what she was saying, just breathing little things there you know here and there those little things with balance really add up over time and especially distance runners right so we're running over long periods of time that it really can add up just those little things yeah my therapist is telling me too we balance if you're right-handed you're balancing on your left that's usually what you do you get on your left leg and you can balance better than your right leg uh-huh so he says you need to continue to work your right side balance better wow. balance better because it's actually going to affect the left side more than the right because you're you're favoring that right side because of that weakness mm -hmm. it's the old right hand left hand right arm left arm right right you start to favor the weaker deal a little bit and then it starts to get pounded and that's what happens the other side takes the brunt force of the other side so to speak that's why i had a shoulder surgery years ago and the guy said well you're gonna be back for your right or your left side i said yeah i probably will because i'm overpowering on my left side now right so it's just yeah I, I say that a lot at Orange Theory when we do workouts, they, they just like dumbbell type exercises and they'll make us put our leg out and then hold a dumbbell and bend down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's no problem until I switch to the other side. And I'm just like wobble. I'm like literally laughing out loud because I look like Gumby melting or something like that because it's just the little things, but holding the same exact weight, but how much we favor or strengthen one side of the body. It's crazy. We talked a little bit about this last time, I think, Scott, on episode 30, but what we love about trail running is it's community. It's a group activity. And when one of your group gets injured and can't be part of it, you sort of go, okay, well, they can't run with this. So we sort of forget to include that person. So I think as, I'm, as we're thinking about the everyday runner out there and you have someone, part of your group that's injured, just making an effort to make sure they feel included. And, you know, we go eat breakfast after we run, making sure they're part of that you know we did a fun photo shoot the other day for our new website we wanted to make sure you were you know out there too even though you couldn't run with this you could look pretty <laughs> <laughs> so they say so i think that's important i mean I, have you, I think you've felt that too a little bit i have oh yeah yeah and you guys have done a great job of course we're friends outside the running world which is nice so yeah and it's nice to be a part of even though you may not think so to be a part of your races and to see you guys out there doing what I wish I could do, which is okay. That drives me right to, mm -hmm. to getting the physical therapy taken care of and be there and be able to race and enjoy that. So yeah, it's definitely moments of time where you got to think outside of your brain and not let your brain go off into where it doesn't need to go. Right. Right. And just realize that it's just a small amount of time. Like I said, in the time continuum, it's small just take care of it, get it done, get back on your feet. So what's the date? What's the date you can start running again? Is there a date out there? He has not given me a date, but he says by mid-June to the end of June, he'll let me start running on a track. Okay, nice. So I'll start on a track and maybe get my first mile in. Yeah, I'll be there with Jeff. I'm Look. running the heck out of a track right <laughs> you now. You are, man. You are Mr. making Mr. your Mr. Heart Rate, I know. At a very slow pace with very little steps, apparently. <laughs> but I'm working my gluteus nudius uh. to the max. <laughs> That is true. We've I've seen a big difference, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think we're signed up in October, Timmy Time and I and Mr. Pritt. Mm -hmm. 
are signed up for our OCR. The yes, beast the obstacle going course race, it. the yep. big beast, which is what a marathon length. How, how long it's is it? Three and a half, 13 and a half miles. I'm sorry. Okay, it's half a half marathon. marathon. Yep. Half marathon, 30 plus obstacles. Oof. Brutal. I am so nervous about that. <laughs> I'm yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be great. Yeah. I will go with and cheer. I'll yeah. cheer along. <laughs> So I've retired from those. Yes. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Well, we're excited for that day, Scott, when you're back out on the trails with us. And it's not that far away. We've got the summers coming up. It'll right be here before we know it. I can't believe June is, well, actually this episode drops on May 31st. So June's tomorrow. <laughs> June's tomorrow. Hey, see That's how time exciting. flies? That's great. Time is so flying. fast. Yeah. It's like two weeks go by. I'm like, no time. <laughs> uh, well, Scott, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, giving us some insight on what's going on with your injury, your rehab. And, you know, I think we everyone learned a little bit from it. So I hope so. It. Thanks for asking. And, yeah, it's good to be back with you guys. Good to see you. Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode double four forty four. Well, listen, we really hope you guys enjoyed that. And really, we just want to provide great content for you guys when you're out there running. We want this to be the best part of your week and something to give you a little bit of smile, practical information. So just a big shout out. Thank you to Dr. Lisa. I just love the fact, Jeff, that she's actually a runner and she's a doctor and she's very practical and she's going to be a great person to have on maybe from time to time. So we just want to say thanks, Dr. Lisa, for being on the show. And you know what else, Steven? She's what? going to give us videos of those two exercises she talked about. We'll post them on social media. That's right. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah, that's awesome. We also want to give a big thanks to our two partners. That's Vander Jacket. If you've not checked out the Vander Vest, check them out. I've got one, Stephen. I love it. Yeah, you guys look you look cool, and I need, I look I need so to get cool. I know. I look so cool. And, of course, Path Projects, the best gear, the best shorts and hats. Love their stuff. Thank yeah. you to Path Projects. And, Stephen, I want to give a big shout-out to our podcast audio engineer, the stereo Steve Saunders. He is the original Sir Mix-a-Lot. So thank you so much, Steve, for doing a great job on, on our podcast. Well, with that, Stephen, that's the end of episode 44. Until then, get out there, hit those trails. And keep running your asses off. Yes. Yes. Okay. Indeed. All right. Here we go. So here we go. I'm going to say it one more time. Here we go, Stephen. <laughs> well, Stephen, we have, I found out as you open your Topo Chico. <laughs> I was trying to do it before. Sorry. Hustle. Go, go, go. Do it. I did. I okay. Sorry. See, see, Lisa, this is how this works. <laughs> <We're> super professional. <laughs> we, are, we are pros. Uh, any final advice for us before uh, we let you go? Just keep going. If you're, have a mental block, switch things up, try different, you know, podcasts or, or I mean, I didn't mean podcasts. Oh my God. Talk about you and me. So I'll start over. Start over. Scott, say something to make sure your mic's working. Say something to make sure my mic's working. Look at that working. radio voice. It's not working. I can hear him. Oh, you got the deep, you got the deep voice. I got the deep voice. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Scott Grace, you're back from the dead. <laughs> That's right. He's alive.